0: The Pond End Podcast is sponsored by the Fisher FC Club Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Fisher Shop or through the club's website. Hello and welcome to the Pond End Podcast, where no one listens and we don't care. My name is PJ, alongside my co-host John, and on today's pod we have the man behind the flags, Paul, as well as his friend and the man for the halftime raffles, George. Welcome to the Pond End podcast. We'd like to welcome our guests, the man behind the flags, Paul Dino Robinson and the Oracle, George Bridges. Uh, would you both like to tell us how and when you got involved with the club, uh, starting with Paul?
1: Alright, uh, um, Yeah, so um, as you probably can tell from the accent, uh, I'm not London born and bred. Uh, I started life in Manchester. We moved to London in 97. Um, during that time, kind of fell out of love with football, as one does. Um, I mean, lifelong Man United fan. So coming to London, you kind of lose track and lose lose your kind of love for the game. Um, well, I did anyway. Um, so to me, there was, was that period where I thought, "That nah, football's not for me anymore." And then, during about ten years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a there was a big um, movement the uh, against modern football movement. And there was a massive influx of people, like returning, like moving away from the premiership and the cost of the premiership and moving towards non-league football. Now, um, there was a, a little club, uh, FC United of Manchester and they, they set up their own, own club. Um, I became a member of that, co-owner. Um, so I was, I was uh, even though I was living in London, um, I, was, I was keeping my eye on those. Um, and then I started a website as well. So I documented it. Well, it was it's more of like a football, music, fashion website. You know, um, got to see little clubs play, uh, little non year clubs. Um, and one of those was Fisher. Uh, and this was about 13, 2013, 2014. Um, saw a few games. I used to, used to do match reports. A bit like Pete Parry, but not as good as him. Um, put those on a website and whatnot. Um, and I suddenly realised I, I haven't got a football club you know, here in London, you know, started to get interested in football again. And Fisher to me was a natural club to go to, you know. So I started, this was when they were still at Dulwich Hamlet, they were still at Champion Hill, you know. So they were ground sharing at the time. Dulwich Hamlet were getting massive crowds, uh, Fisher were getting nothing. So I thought, ah, you know, it's got to be Fisher then. So, I, was, you know, started regular home games at Fisher. Um, and then he moved to St Paul's. And I thought, oh, I need to get involved in this club then. I need to, I need to you know, offer me services. So I set up the website for them. They, they, uh, the website had gone. So I set up their new website. Um, and it was a big the big homecoming, the big homecoming match. And we had nothing visually in the ground at St Paul's. It wasn't our ground per se. So I thought, oh, we need to do something. We need to have something visual. You know, a few banners, a few flags up and whatnot. So that was my job, basically. Uh, set about doing that. Uh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> so that's, that is my, that's, that's my involvement, you know. So, yeah, yeah. No, good story,
2: and George, what about yourself? Yeah, well, first of all, they call me the Oracle because I'm prone to state the blindingly obvious <laughs> during the game, such as we need another goal. <laughs> Obviously, no. About um, well, nearly eighty years ago now, I was born in Dunfermline, Scotland, so Dunfermline is still my hometown team. But I came to London quite young. I used to go to all the London clubs in the in the fifties. But in 1964, I moved down to South East London uh, and went along to Millwall and fell in love with Millwall, actually, just the the atmosphere. And I've been going to Millwall games on and off uh, since then, including all the Wembley games and the rest of it. But about 12 years ago, um, we bumped into this guy in a local pub. Little Mark Smith he was. He was one of the directors at the time. He had a a Fisher jacket on. So we got talking. Uh, and of course, being at that time follower of professional football, we sort of took the mick out of him a bit. So, and he challenged us to come along to a game and see what it was like. So, yeah, about five of us went along to the uh, Champions Hill ground, uh, watched the Fisher game, and thought, oh, wow, this is wonderful. You know, this, this is really what it's all about. This has got a lot of the things, and perhaps we'll talk about those in a bit more detail later that professional football hasn't got, including, for instance, the camaraderie, you know, the, uh, the fun that you have with meeting up with your mates and you, you can walk around the ground, you can stand where you like, you can drink when you like, and that sort of thing. Okay, so since then, I've been a, a regular follower of Fisher, uh, season ticket holder, i to tried to, to get to all the home games pretty well, Try to get to the away games and uh, it's been really, really enjoyable. But about, uh, I think, three or four years ago, uh, I volunteered to um, run the halftime draw at that time. And in the last three years, it's built up into quite a significant income stream from the club. Uh, I mean, for instance, if this year's um, season had continued, we'd probably raised about £3,000 from it. Uh, One of the joys of it is you get to meet the same sorts of people every week, have a chat. Uh, and there's no expenditure for it, so it's a kind of total profit venture. So that's the brief story so far. Oh, thank you, George. It's a good story from both of you. Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Paul,
3: what gives you your inspirations on the designs of the flags? And what was the first design you done? All right, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, along with the website, I also
1: did the posters as well, and I think Ian said in the first, the first one, I do um, a lot of merchandising stuff. So it's all, it's all, it's all about, you know, ideas just come from from everywhere. But in terms of the flags, the the main in South London ones, but basically that was the first one. That was the one for the big homecoming. Um, and I don't know, I don't know where that came from. Um, it had to be something that was general, but something that was specific to Fisher. You see what I mean? So I don't know. It was never meant to be. I mean, that's the permanent fixture now, but that was just meant to be for the homecoming. And obviously, that flag now is a permanent fixture behind the goal, and it's, it's going to stay there as, as long as I'm there. You know. So that you know that that just naturally you know is what it was. And then the second one, which is the big, I call it the beast or the monster, <laughs> which is like nine meters long. Um, and that was like fish, fish logo in the middle, fish on one side. And on the other side, he says, we don't move for anyone. And that came about, and that, that was the second flag. And that, that, that we don't move for anyone was basically about once you do the docker's end, that's where you stay, you know? Um, so even, even though the, the teams change at half time and, and they shoot down the other end, uh, we stay behind the goal. So that's where that came from, basically. And, and over the years, like, I've done one-offs. I've done about 16 in total um some specific ones people have asked me to do do stuff and whatnot so there's a few there's a few more in the pipeline um inspiration wise i don't know mate <laughs>
3: <laughs> i don't know where
1: they come from but um you know it's just actually the the, the, the big the big monster one was um a sort of German okay the the inspiration by the flags in general is is the whole ultras thing as well um and Again, now that, a, a part of the against modern football movement was, was the whole football ultras thing, where basically the fans, the supporters in on the terraces, uh, took control of those that, that environment, and they produced some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant sort of like uh, they call them TFOs, but I, I, I don't like that phrase. But, but you know, uh, banners, flags, you know, statements and whatnot. So that that was the inspiration for it, um, for that, for our for our country, well, for my contribution to Fisher, you know. Obviously, I can't do it on that scale, but, you know, the, the idea behind it was, you know, the terraces belong to the supporters and we should be able to express ourselves and, and basically put out what, you know, what we feel, you know, a statement towards the club, you know. I mean, how much we love the club and how much is, the club is part of us. you know, especially given that Fisher is a supporter of own club, you know. So that's where that came from, you know, some visual display to let everyone know this is our club. You know, and it belongs to us, and etc. Cetera,
2: etc. Cetera. So that the, the general inspiration for doing the flags in, in the first place—that's where that came from. Can I just add a few things? First of all, I think recognise that Paul's a brilliant graphic designer. You know, yeah. his, his designs are cracking. You know, best in the league by far. Um, yeah, and one <laughs> of the <laughs> sorry about <laughs> that drink, <yeah. laughs> No, um, one one of the main things that attracted me to the club was the um the, the structure, the democratic structure of the club where everybody owns it uh no we don't have you know a, a local businessman that puts the money in and demands to be the chairman and run the club and that kind of thing and then vanishes after a couple of years when when they don't get promotion. <laughs> you know yes. the, the, the the democratic values of the club are one of the strongest kind of features for me that keep me involved in it all yeah no i agree
3: with that george and paul the flags are amazing they really are actually uh, yeah, as if there's a few more in the pipeline. Once we get once we get back, uh, yeah,
1: back to proper football, then yeah, yeah, I've got I've got a few more ideas up my sleeve. So yeah, 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 coming along.
3: Yeah, any any sneak preview for us? Well, what the designs will I, I be? Mean, yeah, I mean you saw the away days one. That was that
1: was um, well, perhaps you haven't seen it, but I'll, I'll stick it up on um, on the website, Facebook, and whatnot. But that was just an away day flag. Uh, so I'm taking it from there. This is the Fisher Factory one, which is the subheading is you know what else you going to do in Rather Heights, which you know, I thought was quite clever. <laughs> uh, this, this you know basically I want to do more like okay, so the the flags at the minute are just quite um, graphic. They're not you know it's just lettering basically, and and you know which again is fine, but you know I want to be a bit more creative with that. So yeah, there's there's a few on the go. I want I want to get. I mean, obviously everyone knows St. Paul's, and you've got these massive fences around the side which aren't being used, you know. So I was thinking, you know, we need to hang stuff off there, like I did with the Fisher, with the Fisher name. Um, so get the whole, get the whole, basically the whole place covered in, covered in flags of one kind or the other. So that's that's, you know, what I'm working towards. To be honest with you, anyone got any ideas of what I should be doing? You know, drop me a line. I'm always, you know, always open for. Um, you know, new ideas. So yeah, yeah, go for
0: it. The Pond End podcast is sponsored by the Fisher FC Club Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Fisher FC Shop or through the club's website. So the podcast is named in honor of the uh, Pond End flag. So what was the thought behind the no one stands here, we don't care slogan that we sort of um, modified to use as our slogan as well?
1: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant as well. Um, I'll tell you where that came from. It's a guy, a guy called Paul, Paul McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Doesn't come to Fish anymore, which is a shame. He should do. If you're listening, Paul, get, get yourself down there, mate. <laughs> um, and he was like, why don't you do one for the other end? Because all the flags are basically behind the docker's end. He goes, why don't you do one for the other end? He says, Paul, no one stands there. There's no point, you know. <laughs> so it basically came from that. He goes, now you should do one. And uh, it was his idea to go to the pond end, because behind that is a little, a little um, what do you call it, so it's like a little pond thing and uh, a little nature reserve behind that with a pond. He says you should call it pond then. So that's where the idea came from. And obviously it's an old Millwall slogan. No one likes us. And, you know, it, it was just modified for that. But yeah, it's like, well, no one stands there, Paul. So there's no point in doing it. So no, yeah, you should do one anyway. So it's like, okay. No one stands there, but we don't care. We'll do your flag. So that it, that's where it came from. Um, and obviously there's a little fish jumping out of the pond. So, it, you know, it, but yeah, yeah. It, it, was all, it was all pretty kind of, you know off the cuff kind of thing. I don't know how these, these things just, you know, develop. But yeah, that, it was it, Paul's idea, and uh, he, he thought Pondend of so fair play to him. You know, um, yeah, yeah. But obviously yeah. The, Millwall, the Millwall slogan is always, I mean, it's universal, you can use it for right? anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no one stands there, we don't care. You know, we don't care, we're still going to fight, you know. Yeah, now, I'm, yeah. I'm
2: sure you were aware of the historic connection with Millwall, Fisher, where there's an overlap of uh, interest and, and fans to, to, not totally, but to a certain extent. So I would say about half the Fisher crowd are probably Millwall supporters. Yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of Millwall old boys, you know, and they, you know, that's nice to see. So know? we we take some of their songs and adapt them so not, no one likes, no one knows that, yeah. you know. Sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: George, with the halftime Hello. draw, you mentioned how well it's doing.
2: Have you got
3: any yeah. plans for adapting it at all in the future? Any other Ooh, ideas the- on
2: it? The last couple of games, um, we've used a slightly different system where um, you've got a a card with, uh, I'd say, about 40 teams and people can choose, uh, can buy a team, as it were, for a fiver and then uh, one of the teams is the winner and they get 50 quid. And that seems to be very successful. Um, (coughs) It's it's, one One of the interesting things about uh, non league football is its value for money. So people are quite willing at, after paying, say, £5 or £7 to get in, that they're not necessarily reluctant to put another fibre in towards the club, you know, in terms of the draw. So that that's basically the, the the reason, I think. And apart from ourselves, George, with the draw, which other club do you think has got the best half time draw? Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you the worst one. It was deal where actually I bought a ticket and I actually won it, and the prize was a bar of chocolate. <laughs> 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 on the other hand, the best one I think was Chatham, where the first prize was 50 quid. So, I mean, they've got, they've got huge support down there, so they've really got a lot of money to make. Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish!
3: And the question for you both. What has been your favorite
2: Fisher moment over the past few seasons? I think it's got to be the, the winner, uh, two in the Mitcham, hasn't it? You know, where, um, we yeah. won on penalties, we beat, you know, in the cup. And I think the whole day was so, so uh, ecstatic, really. <laughs> we had a great time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I was, I was thinking about this, because um, I mean, you asked Pete and Ian as well. <coughs> And yeah, the, basically the FA Cup, both games actually. The Cray, oh, Cray yeah, yeah. Cray, the Cray game when we when we equalised, I think that as well. But before that, the uh, the nine one, the nine one um, uh, win against Lid. I think to me that 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 was incredible because you know the goals didn't stop coming, um, and up until that point it was like you know incredible day that
2: everybody was scoring. To be honest, with you. Uh, and another mem- uh, memorable moment was the 10-1, the last game before we were relegated, oh, well, yeah. where we yeah. when it was a very bittersweet moment yeah. I don't think any no. club had won ten one now scheduled yeah. before. Yeah. But
1: um, <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, to, the FA Cup run, to be honest with you, was was incredible. And to tell you, the, what I thought about that was, okay, the, the penalties was something you know that level of tension we hadn't really, do not really come across before, but it was brilliant. Um, but then we went on to play Cray, Um and they, you know, they were a cut above, to be fair with you. Uh, but we took them on. And when, when we scored that equaliser, I thought, oh, actually, you know. And, then, and with the crowd as well, we took a massive away crowd with us. And there's a photo of us. I don't know if people have seen it. But, you know, with the whole, the, the whole stand there full of Fisher, I thought that was brilliant, you know. And um, when, we got that, when we got that goal, who's coach, um, who scored that? Coco, was it? Yes, anyway, Malachi. So
3: thought, yeah. Yeah, Malachi yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: brilliant, brilliant. Um I thought, well, you know, and at that point, I thought actually we are we are better than than you know what we give ourselves you know credit for. And I thought, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, we didn't win, fair enough. But I'm thinking, oh, actually, you know, so yeah, the cup run itself, two in obviously because we won. But I think I think with Crane, you know, we had we had a spark there. So I thought, well, actually, yeah, we can we can you know we can take we can take a crowd with us, you know. We've got the away support behind us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. When we go back to proper football, normal football, I'm looking forward to that sense of kind of expectation now again that we can take people with us. and Even though we're behind, we can, we can pull one back. And, you know, we can beat bigger clubs, as it were. You know? So, yeah, that, that cup run itself was, to me, amazing.
0: I've got a couple more uh, flag questions for you there, if you don't mind. <laughs> so, uh, two questions. So, the first one is... I've always been interested in sort of, I know you don't like the term TIFO, but maybe more the term of like flag banners, whatever you want to call them. Um, Because I see them all the time here in Cincinnati and just around the United States. They've become really popular in recent years. So I've always wondered, how do you make one? Like what sort of like different like equipment (laughs) or resources do you have to use to make one? Because I've always wanted to make one. I'll
1: tell you the most important thing is uh, an ironing board. And that's it. Uh, I make them at home. They're all hand painted. I do it all at home. Um, I mean, I, I, live, I live in South London now, but, but right at the beginning, I used to live in North London, I had quite a big kitchen. So I used to do it on the kitchen floor. Uh, and now I do it on a dining board. And I paint it section by section, bit by bit. So it does take a while. Um, and it, they are all hand painted. I don't, I mean, yeah, is, I mean, they're, they're basically cut out of stencils. And you just draw around. I used to, the original one, the monster one, um, I did down a projector and you basically hang up your banner uh, and project the image onto it and then just draw around it and then paint it. Uh, but now I haven't got my projector anymore. So now it is literally just stencils on an ironing board painting section by section. But just going back to that, we, we don't really have a culture in this country or we, we didn't used to of uh, the big banners and the big the big displays, which is a shame. They've got it in South America. They've got it in, you know, obviously they've got it in Italy and, and, and Germany as well. Um, and we haven't really got that culture. I mean, we've got flags, we just, you know, I mean, we have team flags and whatnot. Um, and I think it was Crystal Palace, certainly Crystal Palace. Um, and they they started doing it and they they did massive ones. And I thought, wow, you know, we should be able to do that. We should be able to, you know, look to be able to do that kind of level of of, of you know visual display, you know, from from the fans. That was the other thing. The important thing as well to me was it's all from the fans. You got you got some clubs, premiership clubs who, you know, pay a lot of money um, to have these banners done to drape over. And you think, yeah, but that, that, that's, you know, that, that's from the club. You know, this should be from the fans. The fans should be doing this. And Fair Play at Crystal the Palace, they, they did that. Um, so, yeah, God knows how they do it. But, yeah, to me, it's just at home on an on ironing board.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will say I do really enjoy um sort of like following along with some of the uh, clubs you named up there like Crystal Palace, FC United Manchester, some of the clubs that are like sort of helping like shift the culture of the supporters scene over you know in the United Kingdom. I've always thought that was very interesting. I'm glad you included that. Um the last question I have is was there any one specific flag that you made that you were really proud of? Maybe it turned out better than you thought? Maybe you thought the idea behind it was a little more creative than usual?
1: I've got it I've got it as me um uh, my screensaver on my phone um but uh, okay so the thing is as well um, like I, I did the posters and whatnot so and all the various bits and pieces so obviously I bring all my cultural references to that and like I said I did a website uh, that involved music and fashion as well as football so you know I've got I've got um, um I'm, and I'm from Manchester as well so obviously there's a big heavy musical presence there so I grew up with that, and I grew up in that environment. So obviously there's a lot of musical references to much of the stuff that I do. Um, 2018, like a big um, anniversary in terms of in terms of the acid house movement as well. Um, I don't know if people in the States know about that, but I won't go into the great detail. But it, it was it was basically a cultural movement in started off in Manchester anyway. It spread spread to the rest of the UK, uh, based around acid house music. And uh, one of, the, one of the, like, the features is a big smiley face, a big yellow smiley face. So I did a, I did a banner for that, sort of celebrate the 30th anniversary of that. Uh, and that was my favourite, you know, I, I really love doing that one. I got the best maracas there, um, Happy Mondays, a band called Happy Mondays from Manchester, and a, a guy called Bez used to dance on stage with maracas. So I put maracas on there. Um, and there's all little bits and pieces there that I won't go into, so like cultural references. But that that one I, I loved doing because it was personal to me. You know, that was my, that was my. You know, all of those were part of my, you know, background and where I came from. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it wasn't just. I mean, it was, it was self-indulgent. Fair enough. You know, I don't think most people didn't get the reference points, but fair enough. Um, but I, I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed doing that. So yeah, yeah. And uh, it's weird because it was it was 2018, so you can't really do it on a on a you know match by match basis because it's it it's for a specific, you know,
3: like point in time. But yeah, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I've got a picture of that. I'll dig it out and attach it to the yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah, do that, yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll go through all the like the little reference points and all the little why's that there and that there. But yeah, no, but it, yeah, that was me. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so that was my favorite. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed that one. PJ, any other questions for them? Okay, well, thank you both for joining us on this episode. It's been really insightful hearing about the flags and half time drawing your history with Fisher. Thank you very much.
2: Come on the fish!
0: Come on the fish! Come on the fish! Thank you for listening to the Pond End Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pond End Podcast, and you can find our podcast wherever podcasts are found. The Pond End Podcast is sponsored by the Fisher FC Club Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Fisher FC Shop or through the club's website.